0: We're just going to read two verses, uh, number 38 and number 39 of First Kings 18. And perhaps we could stand to, sing, to, to read uh, these two verses. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces, and they said, the Lord, he is the God. The Lord, he is the God. And we we'll trust the Lord to bless this portion of his precious truth What a we word of prayer. Dear Lord, as we're here and we abide in thy presence, we thank you, Lord, that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Lord, we're here tonight, and Lord, we just cry. God, for, Lord, for you to come down amongst us. Lord, for that weight of thy presence to descend. And, O oh God, we just look to you, Lord. Lord, as we meditate in thy word, and Lord, as we will go to prayer. Lord, we'll ask tonight, Lord, for help from heaven. God, give help, Lord. Help us, Lord, to take ground, Lord, in the place of prayer. Lord, we pray, Lord, for our, many of our loved ones and our neighbours and our communities, Lord, that are lost. And God, we need you, Lord, to send the fire. Lord, as far we want, as far we plead, Lord. And God, Lord, Lord, send the fire, Lord. God, we need you, Lord, to, Lord, to do a new thing, Lord, and we're here and we believe in, Lord. So, Lord, continue with us and do us good and bless us and revive us in Jesus' name. Amen. I've titled this message The Life of Elijah. Um, If you just turn over tell First Kings chapter twenty one and verse twenty five. And it says this, But there was none like unto Ahab, which did sell himself to work the wickedness in the sight of the Lord, whom Jezebel, his wife, stirred up. At the background of these verses, they, it was a time when... Israel was going through a very dark spell. There was a great barrenness and spiritual dryness in the land. And read about this woman, Jezebel. And she was a woman that seeked to promote the worship of Baal. And, as it were, she was the the king's wife, but she was the power, as it were, behind the throne. And that caused many of the people of Israel to turn back from God. And it was a time when right was wrong, and wrong was right and when good was bad, and bad was good. And these were dark days. But in the midst of these dark days, God was raising up a mighty prophet. And he suddenly comes into the scene in chapter 17 and verse 1. And he has a message here from God. And it's to King Ahab. And he's saying here to King Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to to my word. What a message this man got from God. 25 words. And we could see here, Ahab, as, as he received these words, I believe he would have been stunned. And then Elijah would have been walking away. And days would pass, and weeks would pass, And there be no dew, there be no rain. And then we read in Scripture about Elijah. He became a wanted man. There was a great search for Elijah. And there was a search throughout Israel. And in all the nations adjoining to Israel, there was a great search for Elijah. But he couldn't be found, because God had him. We we'll read about the word of the Lord came on to Elijah saying, Get thee thence and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook earth. And we could see here Elijah making his way to the brook to earth. And then the Lord, he commanded the ravens to feed Elijah morning and evening. And we could see here, whenever Elijah came to the brook, you know, every morning the sun would be rising, we could, we could see these ravens and they were bringing them bread and f- flesh in the morning. And these ravens would have been coming down and setting the bread and the flesh beside Elijah. And then when the sun would have been gone down in the evening, Again, these ravens, they, 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 they came back again, and they come down, and they sat the bread and the flesh beside Elijah. And I would say it was fresh bread. I wouldn't have thought it was moulded. <laughs> and to think... Elijah, read about him him in James chapter 5 and verse 17. It says there that he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it didn't rain for three years and six months. And to think, Elijah, he saw the supernatural every day and then three and a half years. Because it was the, the ravens was feeding him every morning and every night. As it were, he was in the Raven Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> and then the come stage. The brook dried up. And <clears throat> the word of the Lord came to Elijah. And he says, Go to Zarapath. I've commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Now, my geography is not very good, but I found out. That is actually a hundred mile from the brick church to Zarapath. So Elijah had to walk a hundred mile from the brick church to Zarapath. And actually Zarapath was where Jezebel came from. The um, Ahab's wife. So, he arrives here at Zarephath and we can see him coming up to this widow woman's door. And this widow woman, she hadn't many assets. She didn't know much because the Bible says Should only a handful of meat, and should only a little oil in the cruise, and two sticks. We can't forget about the two sticks. And but this man, Elijah, he was one of the richest men in Israel. Because the Lord promised him that the barrel of meal, but it would never run empty. And the cruise avoid, it, it wouldn't run out either. And worried we'll about this widow woman that Elijah was with this widow woman and her son for many days. But then read in verse 17 that this widow woman, her son, took sick, and his sickness was so sore that there was no, there was no breath left in him. He died. But you know, we see here the supernatural again. Now this is the first time in Scripture that there was the, there was a person raised to life again. And read how Elijah raised this child to life again. And read <clears throat> that in verse twenty three that he delivered him unto his mother. And then his mother said this in verse 24, And the woman said unto Elijah, Now by this, I know that thou art a man of God, and the word of the Lord is in thy mouth. And then and verse 18 and verse 1, Read that the word of the Lord came unto Elijah the third year saying Go thy go show thyself unto Ahab and I will send rain upon the earth What a mighty mighty promise Now <clears throat> and Ahab had, as it were, a right-hand man. And his name was Obadiah. And read about Obadiah, that he had a great testimony. Because the word of the Lord tells us that he feared the Lord greatly. Obadiah, he was a man of great authority. He was the governor of the palace. He was the steward. He was the supervisor. And he was a very courageous servant for the Lord because we read that he hid the Lord's prophets by 50 and, and 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 a heave. We read in verse six that there was um, he, the uh, he and Ahab and Obadiah. They divided the land between them because they were looking for grass for the for the horses and for the mules. Now. Ahab, he didn't seem to have any concerned about human life. He had more concern about for his horses and his meals. <clears throat> and they divided the land between them. And Obadiah went one road. And Ahab went the other road. And then The road that Obadiah was on, he met Elijah. And we see the reverence that Obadiah had for Elijah and his ministry. We read that he fell on his face, on the earth, and called him, my Lord, Elijah. And Elijah, he was one to see Ahab. But you know, the biggest fear that Obadiah had was The Lord would carry you away, Elijah. You know, if I went and got Ahab, you could be away somewhere else. You could be north side of the country. But Elijah promised him, he says, I'll remain here. I want to meet King Ahab today. It was mighty that Elijah it was a man that God had to stand in the gap. And you know how would need people to stand in the gap. Now read and and chapter eighteen and verse nineteen that there was a command from Elijah, you know, get all the prophets of Baal, get all the children of Israel, all the people of Israel, up to Mount Carmel. And the king agreed. And we could see here that the children of Israel they were coming from every location throughout the whole land. And they were making their way up to Mount Carmel. The stage was being set. The 450 prophets of Baal, these were, were worshippers of, of the sun. And on their garments, at the end of their garments, there was pieces of metal to reflect the sun. Now, we don't read of the prophets of Grove, of the groves in this passage. We think that they didn't turn up. There's no mention that got scarred <laughs> and they didn't turn up. But the stage has been set. It's been said. And last of all, we could see everybody coming up to my Carmel, but we believe Elijah was the last man because the Bible says he came on to all the people. And the contest is about to begin. And one side There's the 450 prophets of Baal with all the deception and the lies, the powers of darkness, the forces of evil, and all the religious acts. And then on the other side, we have the prophet of Elijah. His life was marked with separation unto God. His life was marked with communion with God. It was marked by obedience with God. And such a man, he had the ear of God. And the contest has started. And the prophet Sir is given a a book. And we read about the danced about and nothing happened. And I'm sure as Elijah was watching this and all the religious acts and all they were trying to do, I would say it just got to a stage, I can't take any more of this. And then at midday, he gets up and he starts to tell him, you know, is, 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 is Baal, is he fast asleep when he needs to be awakened? Or is he away on a long journey? And the, the prophets of Baal, they failed, they completely failed. And you know, we, we are living in a land, and you know, it's sad. There's so many religious acts, and you know, there's nothing behind it. And these 32 counties of Ireland, it's sad there's so many chapels and, and places, and they go through that ritual week after week. And it's only a religious act. And there's nothing, nothing behind it. But we see here, Elijah steps into the scene and he says to all the people, he says, draw near. I believe at this stage, There've been complete silence. There've been a real, there been a real stillness. The atmosphere would have been electric. And then we see here, Elijah, and he starts to repair the altar. The altar speaking of worship, speaking of spending time in prayer and around God's word. And then we read that he took the 12 stones. And the 12 stones speaks of unity. You know, the 12 tribes that were divided, but you know, they're not divided with the Lord. You know it's unity. The twelve stone speaks of unity. You know it's unity. It's there where God commands the blessing. Where there's unity. Where there's, where there's, where there's one accord. And then was there was the bullock. There was in pieces. That speaks of lordship. It speaks of, we read in in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Lordship speaks of, our lives and the altar for God, and then we we'll read the prayer that he made, sixty-three words. This mighty prayer, and then the passage that we read. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice, and the wood and the stones and the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. You know, they poured, they poured literally barrels of water on the sacrifice. It, it, was, it, was, it was making it as hard as possible for the Lord, but it wasn't too hard for the Lord. The Lord, the Lord just sent down the fire And consumed and consumed everything. And then we read about Elijah. And he went to the top of Mount Carmel to, to pray. Now, I didn't know this till I was studying this passage. Um, there's actually a statue of Elijah in the top of Mount Carmel with a, his, his right hand with a sword pointing upwards. I didn't know that. I haven't been out in Israel, but I was I found that out. <laughs> but it was at the top of Mount Carmel and read about he sent his servant seven times. <clears throat> and the seventh time there was a, the servant could see a cloud the size of a man's hand. I know that's that's our prayer that we'll see a cloud the size of a man's hand over this island. And he he told King Ahab there's the sound of the abundance of rain. But turn over to uh, chapter 19. Now, Ahab went home and he told Jezebel all the things that happened. And Jezebel didn't like what she heard. And read in verse 2 of chapter 19. Then Jezebel sent a messenger on to Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me and more also. If I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life. Now, we'll just stop there. It says there, he arose and went for his life. To think of the place where Elijah was, it was in a, a mighty place. I know we are in this pyramid tonight. I know, praise God, we are in a mighty place. You know, we can, we can sing the, the songs of Zion and praise the Lord. And we can shout later till the roof comes off. And, you know, we're in a great place. Not only did Elijah, he left his place, but he left his position. You know, we are here tonight, and we are in a mighty position. Because we're the, the children of the most high God. And we can pray. The veil the veil of the temple has been mid-rent from the top to the bottom. We're the children of the most high God. And we're here in this pyramid. And we're here to pray. And we're here to break through. And we're in that, we're in that position. And not only was Elijah in that position, but he was in a place of authority. This man, he saw so much of the supernatural. He saw, whenever he he prayed, there was no more dew, there was no more rain, he saw God's great provision and and the ravens coming with fresh bread every morning and fresh bread every evening and flesh in the morning and flesh in the evening. He saw, the, whenever he went to the, to the widow woman, the bowl of meal and never wasted away. There was always there was always meal there. There was always oil in the cruise. He saw the young boy raised to life again. He saw the fire coming down and consumed the, the burden and the sacrifice and everything and the water licked up and all. And then he saw the cloud the size of a man's hand. And he saw then a great rain. I know we are in that place of authority here in this prayer meeting tonight. I know we're praying for the supernatural. We're praying that the Lord, the Lord's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? I know we are in a race. And you know, when, when we need to run, and I heard a message some time ago, quite quite some time ago. Actually, the preacher has died; he took cancer and died. But it was a it was a powerful message, and he was he was speaking on crowns, and he was asking the question. And I'll ask the question here tonight, as what he asked. He says, what sort of a crying are you going to get? I know we'll be casting the crowns at the Savior's feet. But what sort of a crying are you going to receive when you get to heaven? It's just going to be a wee paper crying like this here. Are you gonna be presented with a wee paper crown like this here? Is the savior going to say this is this is all you sent up? This is all you've done. He says this is all I can give you. Or are you gonna get a crown with all the the jewels and the diamonds and the all all the I'm not I'm not into that, you know. <laughs> but you know, the, the best, the best of the diamonds and everything, you know. What sort of a crown, what sort of a crown are you going to get? But you know, we are here in this Birmingham tonight, and we're in a place of authority. I know we're here to take ground. We're here to see revival. We're here to see the fire, the fire come down. We're here to see the supernatural. I believe in the supernatural. I believe there's nothing too hard for the Lord. And you know, all the things that's happening in Ukraine, I realise we're in the last days. I believe this is what I believe. I believe Putin, you know, for many years there was this God had a restraining hand upon Putin. But I believe now that we're, we're coming towards the Lord's return. God's hand is slowly lifting, and Putin, and whoever else could be the fellow in China. You know, there, have been as it were, the the enemies getting out. That God's lifting His hand, and you know what's sad? What's happened out in Ukraine. Do you know why I weep for them? And uh, we're here to pray.